0: And blue what do you do we got stories to see you through that time of the month that time of the month need a fix come get your kicks we got tales by kooky chicks that time of the month that time of the month little short of breath, and I'm not pregnant. (laughs) This this story is out of a book that I'm writing called, um, I'm calling it Child of Shame, and the name of this story is That (laughs) S.O.B. I was the baby of the family when I learned to cuss, according to the story Mama told. I couldn't form fully coherent sentences, but I could cuss like a sailor. Mama lived her life transparently, always cognizant of what others thought or said of her. Whenever she told my cussing story, she would first laugh, then stop and shake her head as if conflicted between the humor and the embarrassment. While she shopped for groceries at the A&P on Main Street, Russell and Aubrey would take care of me. With Mama's permission, they would carry me up the street to the pool hall, frequented only by men and boys. What she didn't know is that they used me as a source of entertainment. They would sit me on a pool table where the men would gather around, tell me words to say, and I would repeat them to the great delight of all. (laughs) They taught me to whistle, and everyone would laugh as I puckered my tiny lips and blew out with a shrill noise. I was such a big hit that even after my sister Linda was born, they continued to carry me to the pool hall where, once a month, I was a star attraction. As I grew, so did my ability to whistle and to say more than a word or two at a time. I progressed to the point of being able to repeat an entire sequence of words. My moment in the spotlight came to a screeching halt the day the boys stayed at the pool hall too long. Mama had finished shopping, loaded the groceries in the car, was ready to leave, and we had not returned. Driving the car up the street and parking in front of the pool hall, she got out and stepped inside the door. Men were gathered around the table, laughing at something she couldn't see. Spotting Russell and Aubrey in the group, she called their names. The laughter died on their lips as they turned toward her. Come on, we need to go, where's Jane? The crowd parted and there I sat, obviously enjoying the attention. As my audience turned away, I said a cuss word in an apparent attempt to draw them back in. Mama gasped and her mouth dropped open. What are you doing? Get her and let's go. Russell grabbed me and we hurriedly left as the men waved and called by. I waved at them over his shoulder, not knowing I would never see the inside of the pool hall again. (laughs) Mama fussed at them on the way home. What were you thinking? She can't be saying things like that. If Ray hears her, she won't say anything. She knows not to. Still, teaching a little girl to cuss, what were you thinking? There were mumbled apologies from both boys and secretive smiles from me. They were right. I never said any of the words I'd learned outside the pool hall. Three years passed, words were forgotten, and the experience faded from my memory, or so I thought. I was five years of age and still afraid of what lay around each corner. At the right front corner of our house was a rock much bigger than any I'd ever seen. Most of the rock I was acquainted with was minute and scattered on the gravel roads we traveled. Giant in comparison, that rock just sat there with no apparent purpose. It didn't hold anything up or down, and it wasn't decorative. It was just a rock. I would skirt around that corner of the house in a wider arc, not only to be able to see what was on the other side, but to avoid the rock. One bright summer day, I was playing with my doll in the shade of the large oak trees in the side yard. It was almost supper time. Jeannie had gone to the outdoor toilet and was headed back to the house. I knew she didn't like me, and I had begun to feel a little competitive with her. In an attempt to get inside before her, I jumped to my feet and ran, forgetting to take a wide berth around the corner of the house. She began to run, too, and the race was on. Suddenly, the rock got in my way and I stubbed my big toe. Pain exploded through my entire body as the latent words from the pool hall (laughs) sprang to mind and exited through my mouth. Shocked, I stopped dead in my tracks. Jeanie stopped too, her mouth agape. We stared at one another. <laughs> Regaining her composure, she looked at me triumphantly. I'm going to tell Daddy on you and he's going to whip you. Turning, she flounced toward the front door as I trailed along behind her. She entered the living room and marched over to stand in front of Daddy who was sitting on the couch. I stopped just inside the door. Standing with her feet apart and hands on her hips, she haughtily flipped her head, tossing her blonde hair over her shoulder. Daddy, Janie said a bad word. A frown creased his brow as he looked past her at me, then back at Jeanie. What did she say? I can't tell you. What did she say, Jeanie? I can't tell you. I don't want to get into trouble. You're not going to get into trouble. What did she say? <laughs> She stubbed her toe on the big rock at the corner of the house and she said, "That son of a bitch." <laughs> the frown still in place, he shifted his gaze to me. I shook my head. No, I didn't. <laughs> Daddy's frown deepened and he opened his mouth to speak, closing it again as I continued. I said, "That goddamn son." Of a bitch. <laughs> A change of expression that he stood up, turned and walked into the kitchen and out the back door. Jeannie and I both stood still watching him go. We continued to stare for several minutes expecting expecting him to come back with a switch in hand. Nothing happened. Throwing me a dirty look Jeannie went into the kitchen where I could hear her telling mama what I had said. I was puzzled as I walked back outside to the yard to play. It seemed to me that he looked for any excuse to tell me I was stupid and or punish me. In not knowing, was he allowing me to build dread to make it worse when it actually happened? Fear gripped my heart. At the supper table that night, I nervously waited for it to be brought up, but nothing was said. When it was bedtime, and it still had not been mentioned, I breathed a sigh of relief until it occurred to me that he might be waiting to whip me the following morning. All night, as much as I feared the darkness, I feared morning more. Nothing happened the next day, or the day after, or in the days following. The more time that passed, the more I began to think, he wasn't going to punish me at all, and I didn't understand. The strangest part was that it was never brought up again. Over the years, every time I thought of the incident, I puzzled over it, trying to figure out why he let it go. An excuse to ask presented itself when Mama retold the story after I was well into adulthood. When the laughter died down and while the mood was light, I summoned the courage to ask him why he left the room without a word and why I wasn't punished. He laughed with genuine mirth and said when with wide-eyed innocence I declared what I had really said had to go to the barn where he laughed until he cried. (laughs) I was greatly surprised and totally amazed. Through all the hatred he had displayed my entire childhood, he had been able to find humor in something I had done. At the end of that conversation, something completely unexpected happened within me. A tiny sliver of forgiveness took shape, and like a small chisel, Chipped away a minuscule portion of the hurt in my heart. Go spread the word, they're funny, smart, and so absurd. Happens every month, it's the neatest storytelling.